This is Actualize Freedom, straight talk on growing clicks and conversions on Amazon FBA from people doing it every day. Now here's your host, digital marketing acrobat, Danny Kenji Carlson. What's up, guys? Danny Carlson here with the Actualize Freedom Podcast. And today we have on a guest that is going to be talking about stuff that everyone wants to know, but no one really knows when it comes to Amazon. This is a very rare thing, a very rare skill set that we have on today's guest. We have Mr. Brandon Buckner, and he's an expert when it comes to Amazon external traffic, especially with Google AdWords. And you're going to hear a lot of people tell you that you cannot make Google AdWords work for Amazon FBA because the clicks are too expensive, uh, too complicated. But Brandon is here to tell us why that is all complete horseshit. And he has a lot of experience when it comes to Google Ads, and he has an agency that specializes in getting results for Google Ads and Facebook Ads for Amazon sellers. So, welcome to the podcast, Brandon. How's it going, man? Good, man. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Excellent. So maybe you can just start off with a little bit of your background with Google Ads and and PPC in general. Like, how did you how did you get started? How long have you been doing this for? Yeah, for sure. So what am I, 34 now? Um, it's been about eight or nine years, I think. I used, I've always been like a super nerd, you know, like I got suspended in high school for hacking into the computer system. And and what happened was um, I was doing construction for a while and realized I freaking hated it. And then I started working with a company that was in my local town and um, they sold like triathlon wetsuits and, you know, different like sporting goods and things like that. So I pretty much went in there to do screen printing because that's what I used to do. And then um, from there, you know, the owner asked me, he's like, hey, man, like, do you know anything about Google SEO? And I had like, no clue. So, But I told him, I was like, yeah, I know about it. So I went home that night and I just researched as much as I could about it. And then from there, do you know anything about PPC? And I was like, Amazon PPC, you know, not Amazon, but Google at the time. And kind of just like researched and just kept going. You know, I always say I came from like the University of Google. But because um, I went to college for a while, but it was for more like IT shit. Um, and then from there, what happened was I got really good at the Google ads. You know, obviously, back at the time, we were running like, you know, still WordPress and Shopify, big commerce stores. And, um, you know, like we were just sending traffic and everything else. And I just sucked at it. So, you know, after learning enough, you know, you realize the limitations that you have if you don't really research enough and obviously google ads are a really complex system especially back in the day it's gotten a little easier now um so from there i started working you know with other people and eventually i started working with a, um, a google adwords agency so i worked with them for a little bit and then went into um another agency working with google ads and at the time like eight years ago we actually got into amazon way before a lot of people were getting into it and it really sucks because at the time we were like, well, maybe Amazon's not going to ever go anywhere. We really wish we would have ramped up our efforts back then. I mean, now the company's doing, you know, one or $2 million a month. Um, and I'm still great friends with them and everything. But um, from there, I started working with the agencies, reeling about all this, you know, realizing that Amazon is this huge new trend that's going on in the PPC and everything, you know, all the Amazon PPC they're copying essentially from Google ads is relating into what's going on with Amazon. So I just found that correlation from there and just started actually with the agency, like, come on guys, we need to really get in and start doing more Google ads. And they pretty much told me, ah, no one's ever gonna, you know, that's never gonna go anywhere. 
So then that year I switched off and formed my own company running Google ads. And that's, that was like three or four years ago now. And then from there, obviously, once you start getting into it, you start working with multi-million dollar, billion dollar year companies, you know, people will start asking, you know, well, what's the next thing? What's the next trend that's going to happen? And I was always lucky enough to find these trends. So that's where the external traffic kind of came into the mix. Yeah. And so a lot of people have been on this podcast and all over the internet talking about Amazon ads and how to optimize those. But something that's going to be really interesting to the listeners is like uh, what kind of strategies even really work on Google ads and like how, how complicated is it really? So maybe you can give us a rundown of, you know, one, uh, like how, how are people using Google ads to boost their Amazon sales? Um, and, and you know, how difficult is that for someone to set up if they don't have any experience with Google ads? It's, it's difficult. I mean, Amazon's system, their PPC is, is essentially a doled down version of Google ads. But, you know, Google ads have a lot of like localized things where you're trying to advertise for like a mechanic shop. There's a lot of attributes that Google ads does that obviously with Amazon being just e-commerce based like it is. But I guess what I can say is if you if you get the understanding of the PPC in Amazon ads right now, if you really get, you know, the concept of using the phrase, the, the broad and, you know, the exact match modifications setting up the, the campaigns correctly, doing your keywords, keyword research right, you know, it kind of relays back into the Google. Obviously, you have to learn the system, which has changed many times over the years. But um, it's definitely, it's something that we found, we've, we have some very specific techniques that we use that we'll go through on how we actually make it profitable. Like you mentioned before, you know, your cost per clicks on some products could be upwards of three, four, five dollars. You know, there's some tricks and some techniques that we use to actually lower that down to make it relevant to the customer, you know, that's actually purchasing that product. And what kind of strategies are you using with the Google ads? Are we running Google ads directly to Amazon listings or to landing pages? What typically goes on there? We used to do a lot of like super URLs and, you know, obviously keyword stuff, URLs and things like that. Um, we don't do that so much anymore. A lot of times what we do now is, is it's about storefronts. We're big pushers on getting really, really nice looking storefronts that are essentially like landing pages and using and sending the traffic to there. You know, there's a lot of different softwares out there. You can use offline conversion tracking through Facebook. There's a lot of different things that you can use to track the conversions, but Amazon pretty much gave us that tool. They're like, hey, like if you build a storefront, you can actually create a custom source tag in the back end and you can send traffic to this tag and actually track how much money you're making by using that. That is a very good point. And so and what are some of the other advantages of sending people to an Amazon storefront? I'd imagine uh, there's some advantages and disadvantages, right? So like, so what what are the advantages and disadvantages of using a storefront as opposed to um, sending them to your own landing page or maybe directly to the product with a super URL, for example? Well, the advantages are, you know, with the, what we've learned with Amazon is when they give us tools, we should take full advantage of what they're actually giving us. So Amazon's pretty much telling us, we want you to send traffic to our listings. It helps you rank organically. It helps you make more sales. So by actually building really beautiful, you know, custom storefronts, that's really helped, you know, it's pretty much like using Unbounce or, any sort of like, you know, landing page optimization software, you know, where we can build it and we can kind of, you know, actually, you know, it's like herding cattle where you take, you know, 
maybe your main image and then you, you know, you fold them down and, you know, obviously we've got links everywhere to actually make it happen. You know, recently some of the disadvantages are when we're able to use a super URL where we can stuff certain keywords in there. You know, we would, we found, you know, this is previous maybe six months to even a year ago, we found that, you know, we would be able to rank really, really fast by doing that. Obviously Amazon caught on to that technique. It's still used in place today where people are still using it but you can see how they're making it kind of more difficult to actually use. Another problem with that is too, is like, if you get, if you're sending it to like a store, like actual physical product link and you're getting, you know, 10,000 impressions on that storefront link or that actual product link, and you're only getting, you know, one or two conversions, it throws your conversion rate off, which actually has a negative effect on your organic rankings. That's good. So the uh, storefront kind of acts as a filter. It's the catch-all landing page, and people aren't going to hurt the metrics of their listing unless they actually click onto one of the products, right? Yeah, because essentially if you land on the page and you see a bunch of images of of an iPhone case that has Hello Kitty on it, and you're looking for, you know, an iPhone case that has, you know, Barack Obama, you know, you're obviously going to jump away. But it acts as that middleman where you can actually say once they see the image, then they go to the listing. And then it's not going to have that that huge impression share. It's going to have more relevant traffic to that listing. I love your two examples there: Hello Kitty and Barack Obama. What? Someone needs to <laughs> right? combine the two together. We need like Barack Obama with like Hello Kitty's face or something. That would sell. That would sell well. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> There's an yeah. Awesome. And so maybe let's talk a little bit about how are you optimizing these storefronts? Like it's one thing to say create a beautiful storefront, but one thing I've certainly seen. Um, you know, um, our agency, Kenji ROI, does Amazon storefronts and a lot of EBC, and a lot of people clearly have no idea what they're doing when it comes to designing a storefront, designing EBC, graphic design, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So what are some of the key elements of creating a good storefront that's going to convert well when you're sending the traffic to it? It's, it's like it's anything doing like Facebook marketing. Obviously, we're not trying to clickbait anything. You know, essentially what it is, is when you land, like say we're advertising for, you know, Barack Obama iPhone cases, <laughs> you know, you're obviously going to want to focalize on the product. You know, you're going to give some really good captivating images of why it looks so cool. You know, with the storefronts, they give you different, it's, it's a very, very simple system. Really, if you're doing storefronts, it's pretty much like a Wix website where it's all drag and drop. So it's good to put like boxes of content over here that says, you know, um, made of the highest quality, you know, obviously some content you have there. We really like to use videos in our storefronts too. So usually like the first or second image you see is some sort of a video that, you know, shows you what you're like, what you're actually going with. Um, we make sure that we embed our links into pretty much every single portion of that storefront. So what we like to do is we like to have a homepage that maybe we have five different products and we can go through and we kind of specify our brand and we kind of go through and, sh and, and focalize on like a couple of different products that we're selling. But then we use the navigation as our landing pages. So essentially if, if, if one of your navigational links was the Barack Obama iPhone case, once you, once you actually in that lit that link, um, it's, it's, it's pretty much constructed that way. And, and every product's different, you know, it depends on like the content that you have, you know, a lot of people don't have great videos at sometimes they have to work for that. But I do think that, you know, focalize like really, really good product image in the beginning, you know, some little blurps on side to side about, you know, little tidbits about the products and videos, because what we do too is, um, 
we usually don't ever send people to our homepage with external traffic. We always send them to our, our sub navigational links. So for example, like uh, the Barack Obama iPhone case, you know, that's where we would actually send the traffic. But if they divert back to our homepage, you know, that's great. When you actually go into the back end of Amazon and you look at the, um, the, the, the insights on the storefront, you can see like a little bit more about where people are going and where they're clicking and how many impressions you're getting and things like that. And that's what we use to really decide, you know, where we're actually going to send it. And if, if it's working correctly, you know, how far down the page do they actually go? Things like that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I was actually going to ask like how you, if you have multiple products, how you're managing that. But if you're sending them all to the sub navigational pages that are specifically for that product, that makes a lot more sense, right? You're not descending them to your homepage for the storefront that has like, you know, five products on it and hoping they choose the product that you sent them from yeah, whatever exactly. ad, right? That's why we use the, the, the sub-navigational links to, to send the traffic to. Yeah, no, that certainly makes a lot of sense. Okay, I think next up, let's dive a little bit into Facebook advertising. This is something I know that you also um, have a lot of experience with and do with your agency, Next Level Sellers. Um, what strategies are you seeing work the best for Facebook advertising right now? Um, a lot of people are talking about the mini chat. That's working pretty good. Um, we actually, we use that for certain applications, but it's really tough when it, when it deals with different type of products, you know, like, are you selling a $500 generator? Or are you selling a, you know, $5 garlic press? You know, um, obviously Facebook's gotten a lot better with with their audiences and the way that we're actually able to use their audiences. Um, it used to be a little bit more, we really have to like subdivide the audiences. Their, their, their new algorithm seems to find people a lot better that are more qualified. Same thing with Google. Google does the same thing. They're, they're, I mean, back in the day on Google, we would never let Google decide anything. We always had to be in control of everything that we're doing on Google because we didn't want them just to go off and just go crazy. But now it seems like, you know, Google and Facebook, their algorithms are working so much better. So it really depends on the products that you are selling. You know, obviously video ads are still like the king. You know, we do a lot of video ads. Um, we, we kind of use the different, the different strategies that, that Facebook offers to, you know, obviously get the lowest cost per click possible. So we're trying to get as many impressions, the lowest cost per click possible, possible to make it, you know, financially feasible for that. You know, obviously it helps when we send it to the storefront link because we're obviously sending, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not 10, 20,000, you know, impressions and things to those listings. But um, I think I think video ads definitely are like one of the number one things that we are definitely doing that are making it work. Obviously in tandem with the many chat, that works fairly well. I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, I think it works really well with like a younger generation type thing. I mean, we, we sell, I mean, honestly, I sell Amish made cabins. I mean, out of Kentucky. I mean, we sell lots of different things and that doesn't work so well with when you're trying to buy a 50, $60,000 cabin, you know what I mean? But it does work well when we're trying to sell, you know, supplements or different things like that. Yeah, I'd imagine you can't really do like some 90% off coupon code or like rebate giveaway campaign with the cabin. Your costs are pretty, pretty hard yeah, set for no, something exactly. like that. <laughs> Give, can you imagine though, if it, I think a Facebook ad for like giving away 100 free cabins, 100% rebate. I think that ad would do pretty well though, if you did, if you we're did. We're thinking about do doing <laughs> something tricky like that in the future. Maybe not to that extreme, but we're, we've got some things in the works to see. 
you know, and that's, what's cool about, you know, what we're doing is, you know, like even with, you know, the cabin company, we got like 30 or 40, 50,000, you know, audience on Facebook and we're actually selling them on Amazon and people actually buy on Amazon a $50,000 cabin. It makes no sense, but it's through all of the audiences and everything else that we're doing, you know, like with the, not the many chat, we actually physically do it that way, but you know, the video ads just killed on that one. But the problem is, is you got to have good ads and we have to pay people with drones to come in and fly around. And there's a lot of money that's invested to make the ads captivating enough for them to actually follow and continue on as actually being a customer. Yeah, that is a big struggle with video ads, right? Is the production costs of a good video, script writing, people with voiceovers and uh, like drones flying around everywhere. But you know, what's cool about that though, is like on the flip side, that's where product product relevancy is so interesting because you can also sell makeup with some chick in her bathroom on an iPhone and saying how great the makeup is and that those ads work really, really well. I think a lot of it deals with like different types of split testing, different types of ads that you're actually creating. And you just really have to define like what, what your niche is and what, what actually is relevant to your audience. Uh, that's a really good point. And so, the video ads are working super, super well. Let's talk about the rest of the funnel here. So obviously the video ad would be the top end of the funnel. That's where people are seeing your ad and and they're coming in. So where are they going next? Are you sending them to Amazon, a landing page? Where are they going typically? We we so we've, we used to do a lot of landing pages. And like like I said, it like with the cabins, it helps with a landing page because they want to click on it and then they want to go through and they want to read. You know, I think there's a different, you know, sometimes there's a different relevancy between when they actually come there, like these people who are buying our cabins, they really want to have a personal investment with our company. So we send them to a landing page. It's an offshoot of for a website and we just go through, we have videos, we have different content of why buy from our company. And then from there, they can have the choice of either going to Amazon and buying it, or we can actually personally sell it to them. You know, um, we're really trying to ramp up the Amazon with this company because it's not something a lot of people are doing but it seems so easy for people just, I mean, they feel comfortable buying off Amazon versus any other platform. So, I mean, buying from buying a $50,000 cabin for some random person versus going through Amazon and actually doing it makes them feel more comfortable. So, you know, we actually use landing pages with them, but for example, like even some supplements that we do, we have some supplements that we advertise for. We actually go directly to the storefront link. Like once you click that link on Facebook, it goes right to the link, like the, the sub navigational link that we're talking about. Because that's what the, that's what they're looking for is they want a quick, easy process on that one. So, like I said, it's a lot of it's just it's really understanding your target market and your audience and your products and applying the different techniques to, you know, what you're actually trying to advertise. That makes quite a bit of sense. And so, typically, just to break it down for people, it is either sending them to a landing page that is going to warm them up a little bit more, or it mm -hmm. is to an Amazon storefront, like a sub-navigational page that is directly related to that product, or it is Facebook Messenger. Those are kind of the three options that you guys are running right now? As of now, that's pretty much what we're working with, yeah. We don't really use the super URL t technique anymore. Um, it just doesn't seem to be working in the last couple months. It seems to have more of a negative effect just because of the, the middle portion of, of the funnel. I know it still works for a lot of people, but in our situation, it doesn't seem to be working. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you need to be making sales at a price that makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
This podcast is brought to you by Kenji ROI, a complete done-for-you service for your Amazon listing creation and optimization. Everything from product photography, including lifestyle images with a real model, graphic design images and studio images, to the copywriting and keyword optimization, to videos and enhanced brand content if you're lucky enough to have brand registry. We also manage marketing when it comes to Amazon ads and also for some bigger sellers out there who might be interested in building a messenger list, we offer services creating the many chat funnels to follow up with customers for more reviews, to help build your own audience so you can launch new products to help rank for new keywords. Um, and there is Facebook ads management built into that as well for the right sellers. So if you want to learn more about Kenji ROI, head to K-E-N-J-I-R-O-I.com. That is actually my middle name, Kenji, with the R-O-I added on to the end. Awesome. And so the one thing we haven't really talked about too is the the messenger. And we've we've had a few people on this podcast when it comes to using the Facebook Messenger. Ryan Rigney's been on here, Michelle um, Smith, and those are great episodes to check out as well. But I'd love to hear your take on on Messenger and what you think some of the most powerful ways to use Facebook Messenger are. You know, I think that when you really set it up correctly and you have that personal touch to it, it works out well. I don't think that it's it's not something that we're really pushing too hard on anymore. I think that we're we're really pushing on like really captivating content and really you know really engaging with that customer like that's like super important i mean like i think ryan rigney even said you know it's an art to actually write copy we actually have a full-time copywriter with our company that goes through and, and writes you know different ports and different captions of it um it helps with follow-ups and things like that but it's just not something but you know we're not doing a lot of we're not doing a lot of giveaways and a lot of um like review type things right now you know, we, we do that, but it seems like, you know, it's, it's really tough for those, you know, to get really quality reviews out of that system right now. What we're trying to do is actually fuel sales on Amazon. Cause we know that when we fuel sales with your Amazon account, you actually rank organically by having that sales increase. So I think what we're really doing is really nice, captivating content to a really nice, either beautiful storefront or landing page. And then from there, you know, tracking the ROI and everything else that comes from so many chats, not something that we do too much anymore. It's something that we still do for certain products, but it's something that I see. I don't see it as a dying thing. It's just one of those things that everyone's talking about that we kind of like, well, you know, it's let's, let's move on and like, let's find the next thing that's actually really going on. Yeah, it is a super hot and trendy thing right now. Um, because it, it it's sexy, right? And it's a sexy yeah. thing to talk about. And it's not necessarily as sexy to talk about creating an Amazon storefront and then sending traffic to like a sub page yeah, on Amazon storefront. countless hours trying to really decide and doing all the split testing on the different images, the different videos, the headlines and every, all the different content that goes into it. That's not as sexy anymore as loading an app in and, you know, hoping that it works. You know, we really want to deconstruct what the process is for each, each product that we're doing and really make sure that it's the correct, you know, um, flow or funnel as you want to call it. Okay, that, that leads me to a really important question for you. So do you think that it is more important to have the, the correct strategy, as in like choosing, I'm going to run some, some uh, Facebook ads to, to this place, to this thing, or more important to have the best creatives, the best copy um, on the front end of that strategy? I think it goes hand in hand. I mean, if you have like some crappy ass ad that, you know, no one wants to click on, 
but you have a great, you know, like, like landing page, like what it, it's definitely something that goes hand in hand. You know, I think that you really have to decide. I, I just, I hate when people like, it's like, here's, here's the out of the box system. Like you do step one, step two, step three, and you're going to make a million dollars. That doesn't, I mean, there's so much of a big difference between selling an Amish made cabin and selling a Barack Obama iPhone case. You really have to reverse engineer like what they are, what the customer are, what's the demographic, and then send them to something that's been really constructed. You know, that's why with, with our customers, we are very, very, very hands-on. It's not like, you know, you come in with, with us and you, you get to a VA and then, you know, we run your stuff. I mean, we are extremely hands-on and like in the trenches, you know, doing the copy and using all of our resources to make sure that the strategy that we put in place is, is appropriate and, and actually is going to be profitable for the actual customer. Yeah. And the reason why I'm asking this too is I think there's a tendency for a lot of people to really just focus on like the strategy, like this is the strategy that's going to work. And then they, they, like you said, they try to plug and play it. They maybe get some templated ads and some templated copy and just plug in their own shit. And when that one templated ad is not working for them, they give up on the entire strategy rather than split testing 10 different creatives and like a whole bunch of different ad copy and all this kind of stuff. Or they get, or they get caught up with the targeting. They're like, I have this one ad and I'm going to split test five different audiences on this one ad. Um, when maybe the ad is not even it, maybe you're split testing five completely different audiences and serving them the same ad, you know? Yeah. A lot of times what happened, yeah, a lot of times what happened is, is the customer comes and they're like, you know, this video is the best video in the world. It's like, you have to use this. And then we try and if it doesn't work, well, it's like maybe, you know, I know you like the video, but maybe everyone else that's watching that video actually doesn't like it. And it's definitely important. Like, that's what we do. Tons and tons, tons and tons of different types of split testing, you know, you know, different, you know, bid strategies at some points too, you know, whether it's a video or, or, you know, carousel ads or image ads or whatever it is, but, you know, obviously just, you know, different audience testing. And that's what sucks is it, it takes a lot of money to actually be able to do that. You know, it's not like, you know, you don't need like 20 grand in the beginning, but you definitely need to have a couple thousand dollars, at least at the minimum, to start this process, to test it out and see if it works before. You know, a lot of times what I say too is, like when I get into, I actually recently just had a, a new client that signed on and he wants to run external traffic, but his PPC is just not working right out. You know, his Amazon PPC is terrible. You know, his listings don't have EBC on them. They don't have, you know, the bullet points right down. So essentially, like, why are we going to try and send external traffic, which is a kind of a newer hot thing to a listing that doesn't have the PPC dialed in and also doesn't have the, 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 the listing optimization. So in my opinion, I think you need to have your, you know, your SEO, obviously your listings optimized. You need to have EBC if you're able to have EBC with the trademark and everything, the brand registration. Also, you know, you make sure your Amazon PPC is dialed in before you try this third technique to really try and take your, you know, because what we're trying to do is we're trying to take like, like already established businesses that are already making good money are already like really killing it on Amazon. We're trying to find that next level thing that we can do for them to really take it to, you know, higher sales, you know, find the new things that people aren't doing yet. And that's essentially why we form next level sellers because we're all nerds and we want to test things. And, you know, I don't have $80 million to test random crap out with, but you know, some of my clients do. <laughs> so it's, it's really cool. We can take all these different clients and test all these different strategies. And this is where we've actually found a profitable area in what we're doing. 
Yeah, as much as you'd like to just give Google $80 million of your own money just to fuck around. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's excellent. Uh, and so are there any of these strategies that you haven't talked about yet that have been have been maybe percolating in the background that you've been testing with some of your clients. Um, some of them have been yeah. maybe working, starting to work pretty well. Um, what are some of these strategies? Um, YouTube YouTube ads on Google ads is just dominating right now. So what we do is we find um, we find different followers. I mean, say we're selling like a facial moisturizer. You know, we find different really popular bloggers and followers and things like that. We actually run our ads before, you know, we find thousands of them, you know, we, you know, that's one of the ones that's really working well. Obviously you have to have a good video. Your videos have to be like set up appropriately. You can't just be some random person yelling in the background and it has to have, you know, the right setup, but that also goes hand in hand with the type of products you're selling. You know, like the cabin company, when we do that, we just have aerial drone footage of like some cabins and it's got like millions upon millions of views, you know, with makeup, we like to have actually, um, more more like like iphone type videos it doesn't have to be super like production quality you know but running those ads before there and actually kind of explaining your product letting them get to know your brand is extremely valuable that's something that works really really well with um with the, with the google ads right now um there's also a technique that we do with google where we try to mimic their actual text ads so what we do is like say facial moisturizer since we're on that topic what we'll do is we'll actually modify the keywords to make sure they're actually looking on Amazon. We, we kind of do it both ways and it's kind of, it's kind of tricky. What happens is if you're selling a product that is super niche, you can just, you can pretty much use that keyword in the Google ads and you won't have to spend like a tremendous amount of money with your cost per click and your budget to actually get to the ranking you're not, you're trying to do. But if you try to go to Google right now and type in facial moisturizer, and rank your Amazon ads above Amazon, it's gonna cost two or $3 a click. What we do is we use um, what's called a broad match modifier. So a broad match modifier, if anyone's familiar with the, with the, um, with the different you know, modifiers, there's a broad, there's a phrase and an exact, and that's on Amazon. So obviously we know that the broad is pretty much all over the place. Phrase you know, has to contain itself into the phrase and the exact has to be exact. A broad match modifier is a plus sign that you put in front of your keyword and what it does, it makes that keyword actually have to pop up in your search query. So what we do is we do plus facial, plus moisturizer, plus Amazon. And then when we do that, we mimic Amazon's ads. So it kind of looks like an Amazon ad. And from there, we send it to our storefront. So it lowers that cost per click tremendously. And I mean, obviously, that's just one keyword. We use thousands upon thousands of different keywords. It's the same strategy when you're actually doing PPC on Amazon, where you have your focused keywords and your different campaigns, but you always want to have a long tail campaign because that's where you stuff like a thousand keywords in there. We kind of take our keyword research from the Amazon and we put it back into Google. We mimic the ads. We use the Silent extensions. We use, you know, the call out extensions and everything else. And that's one way for us to like pretty much if they're looking for facial moisturizer, they're looking for it on Amazon because that keyword has to be there. Now that's for someone that has kind of like a minor budget. If you had a huge budget, you had $10 million a month to spend then use facial moisturizer as a keyword and just, you know, send everything to Amazon. But once you get to that level, sometimes people don't want to send everything to Amazon. They want to go back to their website or whatever it is. But like I said, with, with the Google right now, I think, you know, mimicking the Amazon ads and making them come to the top. And, you know, you can force on your Google ads, you can force it to come above 
all your Amazon ads. So you can set up a rule where essentially what it does, it says, I want you to maintain number one position at all times, but I want you to keep it at the lowest cost per click you possibly can. So it'll always outbid Amazon with your actual Amazon ad that you're sending to your listing. And it, it works really, really well. We do it all the time. Yeah, and um, so one question I have for you, we've had someone on this podcast, um, Yev Marusenko, and he's got a software called ZonTracker that allows you to track Facebook ads to Amazon sales, the conversions, right? Um, mm-hmm. Do you know of a similar tool that will allow you to track conversions from Google ads over to Amazon sales? Um, it's really tough. You know, I think Facebook's a lot easier because they've actually built in that, that offline conversion tracking that helps. And, you know, I know Ryan Rigney has um, a software that I'm kind of experimenting with right now, too. As far as Google ads, there's really no way of actually tracking it unless you're either using a storefront link like we're doing. Um, you can use a landing page. We just found that the landing pages just didn't work as well as just sending it right to that storefront link. As long as the storefront's built out correctly, looks you know engaging and has all the content and everything else that it needs. Because you can track all your sales in, internally on the Amazon's actual um, back end. Yeah, and so it's like it's not the most perfect way of measuring, but it's you can get an idea uh, of where of where it's coming from. It's closer than it used to be. We used we used to try and actually, you know, go through and like look at conversion rates and look at impressions and clicks and everything else and kind of decipher, you know, how many clicks and impressions we got from Google Ads versus what's actually on the back end of the reports. But like I said, it's a lot closer. Amazon's obviously giving a lot of emphasis on saying, hey, you know, use us, you know, send as much traffic as you want to us by giving us those tools. So that's like the best way that we found, you know, using multiple other people's tools. That's the best way we found to actually track the ROI. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And another thing I wanted to come back to was the YouTube ads. That's just, you just made that sound too interesting not to dive more into. Um, I know they're also they also have a feature where you can send people through a funnel, basically, of they see ad one, and then only the people who have seen ad one are going to see ad two or ad three, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, are you seeing any good results using that? We've, we've been experimenting with it. That's kind of a hit and miss. Um, that really depends on product niche, too. But usually with us, the first, you know, very captivating ad, you know, we also been running the, um, it's, it's really hard with the, with the shopping because you can't do, you can't do Google shopping with, um, with Amazon. But what we do is we actually, some of, you know, some of our clients, what we'll do is, you know, they're so in tune with Amazon where we can actually put a buy now link on their website and an Amazon link. And that's one way we kind of get around, um, the Google shopping aspect. Obviously, when you go to YouTube now, you can see the different, you know, shopping links that come into YouTube. And we've been trying to really, like, hack in and, like, really trying to decipher how we can, like, figure that out. But as far as just the basic YouTube ads, as long as it's relevant, as long as you're actually finding websites, influencers, bloggers, people that are actually relevant to your product, running ads before them actually helps out a ton. Yeah, okay. And so for people who don't understand what Google Shopping is, can you give a little bit of a, a background about that? Yeah, Google Shopping essentially is if you went and typed in garlic press into Google right now, most likely the first thing you're going to see is a row on top right below your search query where there's a bunch of different products that are in there. Google Shopping is something that you have to pretty much, it's a feed that comes from your website of all your products and you load it into Google system and then you can bid on the different keywords that that, that product actually pops up for. 
Um, it's a very, de it's very desirable right now. They've done a lot of work on fixing it. A couple of years ago, it really tanked and it wasn't working as well. It looks like recently in the last year, it's like really gone like bananas. And they're placing these things everywhere. I mean, you can even place targets on top of YouTube ads right now. You know, you can have a little ad that pops up that says, you know, if you're selling this type of facial moisturizer, then being this little thing can pop up. And if that's some, one of your videos, say like you're actually doing, um, you know, an like, a, like a YouTube video about your product, you can actually have a little link that goes there. The problem is, is you can't actually do it with Amazon, but we've, we've found different ways that we can kind of work around that. But in the it, as of right now, it's not like something that's actually killing it. It's still like in testing mode. Yeah, and it from the sounds of it, it's fairly complex for the average seller to be setting up something like this too, right? Like Google Shopping, yeah, like connecting yeah. the feed to the website and then creating like, exactly. you know, buy on Amazon link or something. Um, definitely kind of ninja level stuff, not for the entry level, I'm just learning Google Ads kind of person, right? I wouldn't, that wouldn't be my first thing to learn on Google Ads, that's that's for sure, yeah. <laughs> okay, so maybe let, let's come back to, um, to wrap things up here. What would you recommend if, if I'm someone who's completely brand new, I've never ran any Google ads, I've never ran any Facebook ads, maybe you know I, I've been running some Amazon ads and that's working okay, but I wanna diversify to some external traffic. What are maybe like the one to three key first things that you'd recommend that I go out and do right now? First thing is make sure that you're, you're set up internally on Amazon. Make sure that your PPC really is dialed in and you actually know your margins and everything and make sure that you're actually making, you know, you're actually making profit on what you're doing, or at least not making profit breaking even, you know, depending on like your, you know, your incentives, uh, make sure your listings and everything else is dialed in. Make sure that, you know, you've got search terms in the back end of your, of your listing, you know, make sure you've got your EBC dialed in. I would never want to have anyone really send external traffic unless they had the core set up. Once you're at that point and you're really like, cool, now we're killing on Amazon. Now we're like really set up and we want to take it to the next level. I would say that obviously Google ads is, 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 it's a great one to start with, but it's a little complicated. Facebook's a little bit easier. You know, we've been talking about, you know, Google and Facebook, but the other things that we're not talking about that we don't need to get into too much, but you know, we do, we do um, Pinterest. We, I mean, Reddit is a huge thing right now. You know, you're familiar with the website Reddit. They opened up their PPC platform. Like if you're selling like weight, like like um, like lifting equipment, you can actually target the subreddit of like weight lifting and weight loss and things like that. Placing your ads there and then sending them to your actual storefront is like a huge thing that's, that's working really, really well for us right now. So I would say really, if anything, think about your market. Like I'm not sending, um, I'm not sending any cabin ads from Reddit because that makes no sense. But weightlifting and supplements and things like that really works. If you're selling, you know, cute iPhone cases, then Pinterest is a hell of a place for you to be on. But I think that what you really need to do is really think about like where is your demographic and where are you actually, where is it valuable to send ads? Don't just go out there and just get many chat and just, you know, like spend all your money on just running Facebook and Google and everything else really think about where your traffic actually is valuable at start from there and then branch out from the rest of it. I love that advice too, because it is not the sexy advice. It is the practical advice. Like you said, exactly. people, exactly. people selling cabins are not going to be as successful in one marketing strategy as, as another marketing strategy. Like people on Facebook are just, they're, they're not 
scrolling for <laughs> certain types of products, right? Maybe people on Instagram, they tend to be of a younger demographic. You're not going to sell them a whole bunch of old people stuff on Instagram. Exactly. And, and Reddit, like you said, that's a great, great platform. Uh, we've had good success on Reddit when we tried it and in, uh, in a few situations. And there is an exact subreddit of people who are interested in your exact topic, right? They're all in there and talking about whatever it is that subreddit's about. And you'd be amazed yep, how many different subreddits there, yep. there are. <laughs> so, yep. um, yeah, this has been really incredible. There's so much to unpack here. I could probably go nerd out with you for another 45 minutes here. Uh, and maybe we'll have to do a round two at some point here, Brandon. But if people want to reach out to you online or learn more about what you do, where's the best place to do so? Uh, you can go to nextlevelsellers.com and you can fill out the form there. Um, you can, I mean, like I said, we're really into our clients. We really want to make sure that they're, they're successful. You can actually email me, uh, Brandon at nextlevelsellers.com. And that'd be pretty much the easiest way to actually get a hold of us. Awesome, Brandon. Well, guys, I'm sure there's a lot for you to unpack in this interview. And Brandon is very, very smart on this kind of stuff. And if you're looking for someone to help you out with the ads and everything that we talked about here, he is the self-proclaimed marketing nerd who has been doing this for a very, very long time. And I don't know about you guys, but that's exactly the kind of person that I would want working on my digital marketing. And I'm actually looking to hire a marketing person right now. And that actually is one of the criteria I'm looking for is someone similar mindset <laughs> to Brandon. So thank you so much for coming on here, man. It's been a pleasure. And guys, if you're looking for the show notes, head to actualizefreedom.com. And if you haven't already, please go over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave us a review. Really love to hear you guys' feedback. Or if you have any suggestions on guests or anything like that, I always like to hear that as well. So until next time, guys. Thanks for joining us and continue to kick some ass. This podcast is sponsored by the Helium 10 suite of tools. And we at Kenji ROI have been using Helium 10 for more than three years now. They have so many tools packed into one. I don't think that there's a better value. Um, and we use it all the time for ourselves and our clients. So we can actually recommend it from real experience. We use their keyword tracker to see how our product launches are doing, the keyword indexing tool to ensure that you're actually showing up for your main keywords. Super, super important step right there. And also Magnet and Cerebro, a really powerful combination for finding keywords your competitors are using or just finding new keywords to put into your listing in general. You should be using this on you know, at least a monthly basis to see if any new keywords are coming up um, because new searches are coming up all the time, guys. Like people are searching on Google um, I forget the number, but a huge percentage of those searches are brand new, never been done searches. So if you guys want a discount code, you can use 50 Kenji ROI for 50% off your first month of Helium 10 or 10 Kenji ROI for 10% off for life. So that's a pretty good discount. You might as well. Um, we use them and recommend them for years. So if you guys need that, you guys will definitely get good value out of Helium 10. For show notes and resources mentioned in this episode, visit KenjiROI.com.